Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin, and with me today, I have all three members of Devastar Padaray on with me. I have Chloe, Pierce, and Thomas uh, via Zoom. And we'll be chatting about their new EP, Love Songs to the Moon, in length. Um, it's a fantastic EP, I have to say. It's really, really, really good. It was one of those EPs, it's 26 minutes in length, and the amount of times that it caught me by surprise, I was shocked. It was really, really, really worth checking out. If I, I'd highly recommend it. Um, if you're wondering what type of band they are, Thomas described them in the episode as wanting to make a 60s surf rock band with metal and thrash, <laughs> which I think sums them up. It's it's pretty, it's it's cool. And I haven't heard a band sound like this and it's in, in the best kind of way. So I'd highly recommend listening to the EP. We'll be chatting about that in length and obviously how the band came about. Uh, what their earlier influences are, what they're listening to now and what inspires them and all that kind of stuff. And a few funny stories chucked in the mix as well. Um, I had a really, really lovely time making this. It was an absolute pleasure having them on. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was going to stop rambling. I'm going to get on with the episode. Here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. Time. Okay, we're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm here with Tavastar Padere. I've got all three of them here. Two of them are not even in Ireland. We're very kind to have the to have them on the Zoom call here. How are you getting on, guys? Pretty all good. Right. All good. Yeah. Uh, the way we normally start these interviews is we do the very basic thing of asking everybody how they got into music <laughs> and how Ooh. the band came about. That's a very good question. That's a very long question. Long question. Well, we have a lot of time. <laughs> we have to kill an hour. Bear that in mind. <laughs> uh, he wants well, to go first. Thomas, you should go first. I, think. I don't think I should. I think Thomas should go last. I think you should go first. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, I, I, I suppose my my mom has always been into music. My dad has always been into music. My mom's always played music. And my dad has always played country music on the cassette player in the van. Um, and then my mom wanted me to play piano when I was in school. So I took a piano at like six and then I would have felt bad about giving it up. And then by age 13, I discovered Radiohead and I was like, nice. Oh, I actually enjoy playing piano. (laughs) (laughs) What if I played, what if I played Karma Police on piano? Um, and I loved it. And I was like, okay, uh, I can, I can actually Play piano, and then kind of separately from that, I've always just kind of liked singing anyway. I always liked singing Weird Al songs and making up parodies to songs. Did you say Weird Al um, songs? Weird Al, yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've, I've always loved, I've always loved making like, like uh, I think the first proper song I ever wrote was with my friend Tom. Not not this Thomas, another Tom. Um, we made there are a, way too actually, many. <laughs> there are I know I know about four Toms. Um. At, at least actually six but two of them i don't see very often um four four toms kind of on the go you know um and uh anyway this guy we, we wrote a song about granola it was based on uh on lola by the oh same song yeah yeah um so that was and basically yeah i just uh uh and then in school, in music, in school, in secondary school, kind of the best thing about the secondary school me and Thomas went to, I think, was the music. Um, I think it was like 
like there was a school band and it was genuinely quite good and fun and you just got to meet people who were like like I was sitting beside my friend Josh we were both playing trombone for like four years but like neither of us knew how to play trombone <laughs> we loved music but we were both just in a band we we ended up being in a band together um me him another guy our friend Mike and Thomas's younger brother Colm um, which is kind of how me and Thomas met and started making music. So, cool. And when, uh, who wants to go next? Oh, well, Chloe, we said okay. Thomas is going to go last, isn't it? So Chloe's next. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when I was like in like first class in primary school, um, my mom just kind of signed me up for for music lessons and it was kind of just like okay off you go now and <laughs> uh, so I, I my first instrument was a uh, classical flute oh wow um okay. so i played that all the way through um primary school and um i always liked liked it when i was doing it but i like hated practicing which is probably quite common for <laughs> for young people and i was also very bad at um looking after the uh, hardware of my flute. I, I just hated cleaning it after I had like practiced it's and exactly it starts a to a large like... instrument though. <laughs> you need to you need to clean the inside of it oh, because yes. all the precipitation from your breath damages the metal over time. Um and you have to do that like after every time you play. Uh, and I always hated that so I just like not really do it. Um and then I always had like a terrible sound out of the flute compared to like a lot of other people who'd like started at the same time as me with the same teacher when I was like, like, like 12 or 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then when I was about um, 13, I got a new flute and uh, my teacher then said that it was the biggest difference in tone she'd ever heard <laughs> when changing. <laughs> what was different about it? It was just, it just sounded nicer or like? Yeah, well, it was... Um, basically not damaged from years of not being cleaned <laughs> it was new and also the flute itself is a much harder. so the first one was kind of like a beginner flute that's just like silver plated um because there's no point buying like a six-year-old a silver flute um who is probably going to just like stop in a year but by the time i'd been doing it like eight or nine years and was planning on keeping going uh i got like a pure silver flute then uh which just has a much nicer kind of sound out of it uh but the main thing was the the cleaning of it <laughs> uh, yeah and then um i kind of kept that up through secondary school but i didn't actually listen to um all that much music which is weird until i was about like 15 um which is when i first started listening. i think it was like rex orange county or something stupid like that when i was like 15 and a little bit of like the Rolling Stones um, and uh, yeah I started to just kind of realize that music was really fun and then I had a few friends who were playing it so I ended up in uh, this weird like rock school learn to play an instrument for like six weeks when I was about 17 in a youth club okay um, and I played the drums for that so I would just like go once a week and play the drums and I was like oh this is really fun and then I didn't really do anything about it uh, until I finished secondary school. And then I started playing the drums because I wanted to basically play in a rock band rather than <laughs> an orchestra. 
Uh, did you sorry? Did you pick the drums with this youth club, or did, or, or did they just assign you an instrument? Yeah, I picked the drums. Picked the drums yeah. Okay. Um, very different to a flute. <laughs> yeah, but um, funnily enough, the um, we uh, when we were first starting out, we used a practice space in um, a youth club that's near to where Thomas lives, and the guy in charge of like all of that kind of practice space music stuff in the youth club. His two instruments are drums and flute. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, I went into college and I was just kind of starting to learn the drums. And then um, I was really enjoying it. So I took a year out after first year um, to do a uh, music performance diploma in the drums in BIM, just a one-year thing. And that's actually... Uh, part of how I started becoming friends with Pierce because he was the year below me in the same course. Um, and we had a mutual friend at the time. So um, I basically started getting Pierce to try to invite me along to some of the events for his be <laughs> with them the next year. And we became friends then. And now we're in. Better. And Thomas, I think this is your turn now. Um, yeah. Uh... Well, I, I I don't know. I, I, I suppose seeds were probably planted when I was young, listening to the Beatles and Johnny Cash in the back of the car, um, and then watching like music videos. Uh, I remember liking Metallica's one music video oh, and and uh, video. Sepultura, uh, Roots, Bloody Roots, or whatever that is called. List my two favorite bands at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sepultura um, Roots video was I remember seeing that when I was like 15 I was like what the hell is yeah, this yeah yeah <laughs> uh, no I, I saw it a lot younger and it, I, it, I thought it was very weird and scary and it just planted <laughs> this seed of interest um but yeah then when I was older I started listening to music on Groove Shark if you remember that website Groove Shark uh, I've never heard of that I've actually never even heard of it <laughs> It was really shit. Um, I, I think it was just like people just uploaded their own stuff onto it and it was all mislabeled. So you'd be listening to shit called like Smells Like Team Spirit by Metallica. <laughs> it just fed me so much false information about bands at a young age. Um, but I, I think uh, well, I started learning guitar Oh, no, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, uh, I, I got into heavy music then through Slayer, I think, probably. Um, well, I did like like Slipknot and stuff, but the heaviest, like the boundary into heavy shit was uh, the song Raining Blood, which I had to listen to in chunks because it was so heavy. It, it was like, um, I had to like listen to a bit and then stop and then listen to more the next day. It was like really, like it was like descending into hell. Um, it was just too much. But I had to do it, and then, uh, and then when I crossed that, I, I was just fascinated by like Carcass and Cannibal Corpse and stuff. Um, and then I started learning guitar way after that in like transition year, and came up with a lot of riffs that became a lot of the songs on this EP. Um, I made them, like, I, I I made songs, but uh, pretty much the only thing that stayed the same as like it, it, the, the composition the the only thing that's remained is the guitar parts uh the the drums and keyboards have are, are new um and it's just the first four songs and on the ep are, 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 are the, those uh riffs that came about 
when I was in like transition year. So, but that's how long I've wanted to get these songs out. I'm, I'm 21 now, so it's it's oh, it's very nice to, to have the EP out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think I've always kind of felt that um, it's it's very interesting how much this is sort of like based on Thomas's like teenage like angst. like stuff that he's wanted to do since he was quite no not even teenage angst just like dreams oh yeah okay plan that he's had for so long and um we're like uh we're like we're like angels coming down and helping <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> to pat yourself on your butt <laughs> <laughs> we're his fairy god godparents <laughs> But how did so? How did actually all you three of you meet and actually start the band? Then, if we're getting Through into that, the, uh, EP, the aforementioned youth club uh, near my house. Oh, um, okay. Well, I, I I texted Pierce first because I yeah um I, I knew his brother. Yeah, I was yeah. A, his brother was the drummer in the, my old band. So yeah, oh yeah, sorry, you were saying yeah. So, so I don't know, and then I I like I know I knew I I just started to know Chloe basically just. In like first year of my degree, she was doing the, the diploma in drums, um, and I was like, "Hey, uh, we need a drummer." Because we kept trying to get drummers. There was this guy. Remember that guy who came and he was like, "Yeah, I really like this," and then we never heard from him again. <laughs> Wait, he yeah. actually he yeah. did like a practice and then just never came back. Yeah, and, and it went really well, and we were re- really happy with it. And then he just like he said, like he, he sent a text, or, or like Sergio or something. Yeah, shout out to Sergio. <laughs> I don't think that was his name. Um, it was. I, I was like, because I didn't really know Chloe, and I I was like. Do you want to like? I don't know. I don't know any other drummers. Um, you you're probably good at drums. I don't think I'd heard you play drums before that, had I? Hmm. You definitely hadn't. Yeah, and I was like, could I don't know how like long term this is going to be, but we need a drummer right now. Do you want to do this? <laughs> um, and then it turned out to work quite well. So. And going in, the Jews all know that the band was going to be as heavy sounding as it as it is. Like was that always the intention, or was it just the kind of that's where it went? Yeah, uh, that was my intention. I I wanted it to be a, a like a mixture of uh, '60s music and like surf rock and 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 pop with a uh, kind of a crash metal that's like bordering on death metal because that that was what was in, like that, like Sepultura. Obviously, uh, that was what was interesting to me because um, I thought like bands like that could. Like like Sepultura, like they started like incorporating sounds from outside of metal with like weird Brazilian percussion and stuff. And uh, I was also really I got into Pestilence. They're kind of the same thing, uh, but with like keyboards and and spacey sounds. And I just wanted like that. So that's the type of music that I wanted to do because uh, it just seemed like such a, a gateway into like weird shit. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. I've been listening to it. I've been listening to the Fragile, the Nine Inch Nails album, and I was like, whoa, piano can sound really evil if you wanted to. <laughs> um, so I was I was trying to go for that, basically. That's my personal favorite uh, Nine Inch Nails album, by the way. I think it's heavily, it's heavily good. underrated album. Um, Chloe, were you the same going in? Did you know it was going to be like what it, what it became? 
Yeah, to be honest, um, I was just like, I, I had never uh, played in a band before and I really wanted to. So I was very excited at the prospect. But at the time, I wasn't all that into the kind of um, music that it was. But I was just kind of like, fuck it, I'll give it a go. Um, and uh, yeah, at the start, I was just kind of playing a lot of the drum parts Thomas um, gave to me. But uh, then I started kind of making my own. And I think... Once I started doing that, it started to feel a lot more kind of natural and fun. And since then, I've started listening to a lot more kind of medley music. But I definitely think in a way, uh, going in without being like, oh, I want to sound like, you know, this drummer from like this band has probably mm. made it easier to kind of do my own thing a bit more. So, um, yeah, yeah, I knew what I was getting myself in for, I suppose, but <laughs> I didn't expect it to be as long term and to get into it as much as I did so that's pretty cool where where did the uh, the name for the band come from who came up with the name yeah um there was one day that I was there was one day that I was really hungry and then I was oh, like I thought that story was going to start but uh... <laughs> and then I was like oh man Trash Air Padre that's a great name for a band <laughs> What is it? What? You can't just leave the story like that. I, I think I saw it. I think I, I might have seen what it on Wikipedia mean? or something. Long story. The, I was the, hungry. Um, it's uh, the most volcanic region in the solar system, or some metal ass shit like that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's um, it's a place on Jupiter's moon Io, and I think we're pronouncing it wrong, to be honest. But. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, so we'll get on to the EP now here because the EP. I'll be honest with you, it caught me by surprise because, like, when we were discussing you, you guys coming on and stuff, I knew you were a metal band, and then I listened to Pipeline. I was like, okay, good. This is kind of cool. This, this. I was like, it's not really a metal song though. And then I listened to the EP. I was like, holy fuck! <laughs> it's very, very, very heavy. I really enjoyed it. By the way, genuinely, like as I've said a thousand times. I wouldn't have somebody on the podcast if I didn't like what they were doing. I thought the EP was really cool. But you even caught me by surprise by you called it Love Songs to the Moon. <laughs> then I listened to it, I was like, oh God, there's a like growling on it, heavy as fuck guitars. It's cl- it's it's a fantastic EP. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, how what was the writing intention going in? Because I know you said, Thomas, there that there were riffs back from when you were in transition year and stuff. Like, how did it compositionally come together? Yeah. Uh, well, like conceptually, it was supposed to be like, um, just colliding signals um one of them being from the 60s um so like a a love a love song chord progression is what starts the ep and then the last song is about the moon and it's this big thing that brings all the songs back together so i really like how it is conceptually just like um yeah i I feel like I, i i i I'm happy with how it came together uh, and we 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 built the last song around the songs before like the the last song is a new composition of ours that we we went to Mayo and just made um that uh yeah it, it's uh it incorporates the all the songs that you've heard so, but like um sorry somebody keeps texting me and vibrating my phone all right no worries um <laughs> It uh it incorporates all the songs that came before, but like weird and there's a there's a riff that's played. Like I actually just listened to the the riff and then 
learned the riff in reverse but like slightly altered and that 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 riff appears in the uh in the in the moon song um but yeah it's it's shit like that uh we had a lot of fun with the the moon song i think that's mm-hmm. my favorite on the ep yeah but, um, i really like the song as well would that be your both your personal favorites pierce and chloe yeah um, i think so i don't know i, mean, I love yeah i love the opening i love the like the synth thing that i was doing was like i was doing the same thing in most practices but i just did it better in the studio <laughs> so i'm, I'm quite happy with that it was, <laughs> it was quite lucky that's where it's needed most <laughs> yeah. um yeah I, I really like um i suppose it was really it was really fun making moon song as well because most of the rest of them thomas kind of came to us with a kind of outline and then we'd develop on all of that together um which is cool and it's really cool seeing like thomas's stuff come to light but it was really fun making moon song because we just all jammed out and then recorded the jams and put a song together uh from that which is um it's just really fun like it's kind of all of us wrote it mm. um which is uh it's just it's just kind of cool and and it ties up everything as Thomas was saying with uh different bits from all the different songs and um I think it's the most devastar of all the songs like it encompasses most of what we are in a song and uh, are you a band that like recording like like the whole experience of recording cuz I've asked bands some bands absolutely hate it some bands love it like how how do you feel going into a studio? Where did you record it actually? Sorry, I was getting sidetracked. Uh, with uh, Michael Richards and Track Mix Studio. Oh, nice. Okay. Mm. Um, he he was very accommodating to how weird uh, we like <laughs> yeah. to try and make the music. So it was it was it, I I had a good time recording. It, yeah. It's like it's it's inevitably stressful to record uh, in like a three day slot, but. There wasn't that much music, so we got it done, and it was. Did it you was do the nice. whole EP in three days? Yeah, oh, nice. and he he like he mastered it as he went along because he's just like I don't know, <laughs> he, he's a wizard. Um, I've never and then, uh, and then we were just done. Days, on... <laughs> it was just done. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. We went home with like wild files of the EP. <laughs> that that's awesome. I've wow. never heard of that before. <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing, and it like it does. The master does sound great. Like it's not, so like he just like kind of said, "Oh fuck it!" Like <laughs> here you go. Like it's it's a, he just somehow did an amazing master and mix while recording it during three days. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how it's possible. Like <laughs> no, it sounds great. Like I, I've been quite, I've been enjoying it a lot. Now I have to say, there's quite a cool avant-garde element to it that I really, really, really enjoy. But um, I can't believe you did it in three days because those are a lot. They're long songs as well. Like, actually, how do you dictate how long a song's going to be? Like, do you just jam it out and it just ends that way? Or do you kind of, like, separate into sections going, it has to be this particular length? Like, how do you go about constructing a song from start to finish? Because they are quite long. Generally, yeah. at the start, when we first start playing, the the different sections can be very different lengths. But over time, as we keep practicing it, we tend to kind of figure out how long kind of feels right and that gets more and more precise so like if you saw us perform two different gigs like six months ago some of those songs you know the songs could have been very different lengths but i'd say now we probably play them pretty similarly every time we've never like sat down and decided but i think just through feel we all kind of 
end up falling into the same pattern once it's practiced enough. There, there was a long period of time where we didn't even like, we didn't have a select number of bars that we would repeat riffs for. And uh, when we were playing them live, I'd just like give some kind of signal to move on to the next riff. <laughs> And that's, I don't think that's how you're supposed to, <laughs> supposed to do it, but that's what we did for ages. It was really it's, stupid. It's acceptable. <laughs> I always consider Thomas as a conductor. Um, so like, what's, uh, what's uh, next for the band now? Cause we're going to move on to the section now before, uh, where I ask you random questions and I'd ask you if we were at a bar together, but the, I always give like a little bar. You can do a little promo part here. Well, hopefully we're me and Chloe are going to be home at different times around Christmas, but there might be a window where we'll be able to like do. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Chloe? Yeah, no, I think sometime. Hopefully, we should have a gig sometime between Christmas and New Year's if we can get one. Yeah, uh, and so then we're slight hiatus at the moment. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> and then. Other than that, like Pierce and I are obviously we're both away. So like um, and we've talked about it and we both kind of feel the same of like um, like Tavashar is 100 percent something that we're both coming back to when we get back home. Um, yeah. But it's quite exciting that we will probably be playing lots of music for the next year with um, lots of different people. So hopefully we can bring something back home from that. Make it even um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like there's um I was looking through the music societies in the university I'm at here and most it seems to be like 90% different a cappella groups and then they like specify different parts of Asia you have to be from to be in like what? half of them which is really weird. It's like oh yeah, Southeast China string orchestra. Okay. <laughs> and it's very odd, but there's a few there's a few cool ones um and there's one that is um, like a video game music society where people go to like compose music from video games or like play music from oh, video sick. games. So I might awesome. try that out. That sounds like it could be cool. Quite, quite a self-obsessed uh, video nerd, video game nerd now. So I would say that would be pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'd say there'll be some cool people doing like weird stuff there. Yeah, yeah. So well, that sounds class. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to like jamming with lots of different people and like expanding my repertoire of stuff and uh i want to um i i play it actually once on the ep uh the the last like build-up of moon song i'm playing uh an instrument called uh an ui it's kind of the bubbly sound in that part if you listen to an it again ui? i've never heard of that instrument. what is that which is it's an electric wind instrument okay is that the thing? So is... it's kind of like a keyboard in terms of having loads of different synth sounds, except you control the like velocity through a mouthpiece that like detects your airflow. It it looks like a clarinet. Do you know it's of. gas that you just mentioned that because I saw Full of Hell like three weeks ago in the Grand Social and Dylan was playing that and half the, oh man half the, oh, half shit, the, what yeah yeah he was playing that for a good portion of the show like when they do their i don't know if you're a fan of uh, full of hell but they have i i know re- i'm really annoyed that i missed that show because i went to watch some stupid at. bullshit clown music 
Clown. I, I watched some movie about clowns in the apocalypse. <laughs> it was, I, it I was without a doubt, one of the best live gigs I was ever at. I talked about it in length on the last podcast. So I'm not going to do it on this one, but um, but he did uh the, the he he play he started the show off by playing that. It was kind of hooked up to a synthesizer almost, whatever way that he had it. Mm. But uh, the whole front row you could hear is going, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> no one had a no one had a clue what it was. So it's yeah. good, so, so it's an ooey, is it? Yeah. Um, electric wind instrument, yeah. Um, and then one of the brand, the Akai, call them UIs. The other ones call them electric wind instrument, but yeah, UI is obviously EWI. Um, so I'm going to be a, sharing a dorm room with two other people this year, which I'm kind of terrified for. <laughs> but anyway, you can plug headphones into that and play it. Oh, class! Uh, so I can play it without annoying my my roommates so hopefully i'll get a bit better at that over the year um and maybe come back with uh some cool ui riffs for our for our album that we'll we'll be working on when we get home all right well i guess this is the portion that says i said i were asking stupid questions and ask you at a bar so the first one that i always start off with is what was the first and last album you ever fell in love with take it in turns <laughs> They all look um, well. <laughs> first one, first one was OK Computer. Nice. Um, which just I was I was thirteen. Well, basically, t- Thomas's younger brother was big into rugby in secondary school, and um, he broke his leg, and then he couldn't play rugby for like a year. So he he just dealt with it by listening to OK Computer constantly, <laughs> and I. He started talking to me about it, and I just got into it. I hadn't even broken my leg. I, I, I had no reason to go off the computer. But. And then, I suppose most recently, um, I don't know. Uh, damn. I, I, there is an album I've been listening to recently that's gotten me very moved, but for whatever reason, I can't remember what it is. I'll come back to we'll you come on back that. To, okay, Grant. We'll, hold, <laughs> we'll put it in and post. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, the first, the first, uh, I, I don't know, like, I, obviously, I, listening to CDs in the back of the car as a child, I, I, there were albums that I liked, but the like the first on my own that I got into and fell in love with was probably Ride the Lightning. Oh, classic! And I, I, I used to listen to that multiple times a day. Oh. Yeah, it, it's just it, it was just like really cool as a as a flow of of songs. Um, we we did trapped under ice at our first ever gig, which was terrible. Um, we have a recording of it somewhere locked away in a vault. I still think we should wait. What's happening here? Sorry, I still think we should um, put it up on Bandcamp. Make people pay for it. <laughs> What's 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 just what's bad about it? Is it just we're just oh. really out of sync? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're just, um, we're just we, not. It was a very DIY gig. the The sound desk, <laughs> the sound desk was behind the band, which is not a good thing oh, no, to do. That's never a good thing. No, um, it, it just sounds like we're all we're like playing Mario Kart, <laughs> and we're all. We're all trying to overtake each other, and then very frequently we slip over bananas or crash into each other, or 
I, at, at certain points, kind of just stop moving and just stay there in the middle of the track while everyone goes past us. And we're like, oh, shit, we should start moving. And then we start moving again. But we're actually driving backwards. Kind of like that. That's a bizarre that kind of analogy, like. but I, I feel it makes perfect sense at the same time. <laughs> and then, um, uh, what the hell were we talking about? Uh, first, uh, first and last album that you fell in love with. I don't. I, I haven't fallen in love in a long time. Um, I recalled with the Antlers Hospice recently. Actually, I've never listened to that. Actually, oh, it's quite good. It's uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm listening to at the moment. That I'm like, oh. the the new Baroness album I really oh. liked that came out like two days ago. Baroness are a fantastic um, band. Well, I think they're really boring, but Do I you? like this one. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, just gonna cut your audio from the podcast. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I might, I might get more into them now because I think this new one is really interesting. What they're doing, um, but also um, a, a band that I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing right, which I, I always like to see because I, I'm in a band like that. Um, I think it came out last year, and it's, it's called like Thanti Faxath or something, and it's like an avant-garde black metal thing. And it's really strange, and I've been enjoying it a lot. Do you ever listen to RNZ Pazuzu? Um, I I I know of them, but I I'm not into them yet. No, I think I, it's, it, I find a lot of avant-garde black metal to be like very. Well, obviously, it's hard to get into. Well, but, their you know. kind of stuff has a lot of kind of like jazz stuff in it and everything. It's quite strange, but I I don't know why they're they're a band that kind of came to me just as you mentioned that that I think you might like. But um, yeah, their last album. Oh, uh, me and me and Pierce really like uh. Uh, Ashen Spire, is that what they're called? Are, yeah, they're, they're yeah, yeah. great. They Speaking are of jazz, thing, yeah. what's the other one? Imperial um, Triumphant, I think, is another ma- one that do mad jazz stuff with the black metal. Yeah, yeah, the the New York kind of band, mm. I think. Sometimes I find it quite because jar- black metal in itself is a very jarring kind of music in that it's it's obviously it's meant to kind of completely, you know. It's meant to be like aggressive and hard to listen to, and then you put jazz in with it, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is sometimes way too much. <laughs> I know, but it's like that. That's what that's what's gonna piss people off now. Which it's kind of the point of heavy music. You need to piss somebody off, and if you're not doing that, then you're not doing it right. So <laughs> throw, throw a saxophone in, uh, and and p- you're pissing off a different crowd. You're pissing off the people that want to listen to it, but yeah. um, somebody Have needs to even- be pissed off. Have you heard the Sun, the Sun O bracket 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 and Mertzbo like collaborative album? No, like two bands that are like really quite difficult to get into. <laughs> um, it's it's actually amazing. They have one song called the O Bow O bracket 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 bow, and it's in two parts. And it's it, it's very it's got like there's a thing where it's just a piano going like. <laughs> static over it it's 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 not even i don't know how it's a, a song. song but it's i i kind of love it i i always i go for that kind of thing when i'm when we're doing the like noisier parts of the, the music Sono, i just love do you ever listen to sono and scott walker album no that's that sounds amazing weird as hell as well you just remind just you reminded me there of i remember years ago I was big into an artist called Prurient, who's this kind of noise, uh, like uh, yeah. noise. Art. He's kind of like Mersbo himself, like. But a lot of the stuff is just white static, 
like like a lot of it is just with like a little synth in the background i don't know why i was into it i think it was just being an edgy teenager even though i was 25 25 but um a friend of mine was like on spotify going through what their friends were listening to and i was like what what's barra listening to and she was like i guarantee he just listened to fucking white noise and that happened to be the artist that he played he just she said it was one of the funniest moments she had of her entire life <laughs> but chloe we didn't get your answer for your first and last album yeah um it's hard to remember like exactly the first but definitely like one album i i really fell in love with um when i was quite young is um abbey road oh. um good choice yeah it's just it's just it's just a good album it's just a classic now i've listened like i listened to it so much when i was a kid that i kind of find it hard to like get the same thing out of it because i just like i don't know know what's coming or something um but it's it's an amazing album and i was uh very obsessed with the beatles for a betty actually yeah funny story um i was like really obsessed with the beatles when i was like 16 17 for like a couple of years and then christmas one year i went into a bookshop looking for a book for my brother to buy him for christmas and um i saw a book called like the mystery of john lennon's murder or something like that um and I had somehow managed to never hear that John Lennon was shot. Oh, so really? I thought it was like a conspiracy theory that <laughs> No, he was he was very blatantly shot. <laughs> um, there really isn't much mystery now that I think about it. Well your man Mark David After... Chapman believed that he could see little people running around the house all the time. Um and he's been offered parole so many times and he still is like, No, I stand by it. I was like, You can That is a valid reason prison. to shoot John Lennon in fairness. <laughs> and he's like, No, stand by it. That's gas. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I knew like so much like random trivia about the Beatles, but somehow not that John Lennon was How? fucking How? Like I would have known the famous photo of like Yoko Ono's, it's just John Lennon's glasses I don't and know. That's the thing. That like, is You don't incredible. even have to like the Beatles to know <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's, that's now some ammunition for anyone listening to make fun of me. Um <laughs> Whenever there's like J- JFK documentaries, once they get to the part where um, he actually gets shot, I run up to my brother's room and go, someone just shot JFK. <laughs> how how many times have you done that joke now? <laughs> like three. Oh, God's sake. <laughs> three too many. <laughs> Two too many. The first time's funny. <laughs> well, uh, so what was the last album, Chloe? Um, one of, an album I've listened to quite recently that I've been really enjoying um, is called Larde Maravillas by Casa das Manquinas. I'm sure I'm oh, pronouncing that completely wrong. It's Portuguese. Okay. Um, they're a Brazilian band from the 70s and it just like popped up on my Spotify the other day. Um, but it's really cool. It's this like kind of 70s like pink floyd mixed with like king crimson and like portuguese folk music um it's really cool um and it's brazilian yeah um and there's like one song on it as well where it's um he's just kind of talking in portuguese and it's like so emotional without even like 
understanding what he's saying. I wish I could like understand Portuguese. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really it's a really cool album. Um, and I I really like um Brazilian music, especially like drums. I'd love to be able to play some of that. Bra- but, um, yeah, the Brazilian tribal drums now, like, are not just going to Sepultura again, but like I think in like early eighties Brazil and like mid seventies, some of the metal bands that were coming out, the drumming and it's just absolutely nuts. Like I know you're coming from like yeah. not just a metal perspective, but some of the stuff that they was coming. I even um. I bought an album there. It was from Colombia, which I know is not the same as Brazil, but uh, it was like a 1976 metal album from Colombia. I only bought it because it was just a big red person on a stake at the front of it. I was like, that's metal as fuck. And it's like 10 pounds when I was in London. So I'll buy that. It's one of the most gnarly albums I've ever listened to. And I was like, this this has to have been made like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, just in a, in a basic studio. I was like, no, it's from 1976 Colombia. It's insane. Some of the stuff that was going down there and wow. not many people listen to it. There's amazing you, you stuff. Know, you know what it's called? Uh, Blasphema. It's not oh. on Spotify. I'll send you. I'll send you it afterwards. Right. So you can. You can definitely. Please do. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Very, very uh, foreboding. <laughs> just sound. You know one of those albums that just sounds evil. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like that. There's the other one is a Scarfagia. I think they're called. They're one of the first bands to do the corpse paint. They were from Brazil as well. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I yeah, know oh, those. Yeah, yeah. Amazing um, as well. Very, very good band. But um, yeah. you know, Brazil has some cool stuff. Uh, if you were to collab with anybody, who would it be? Uh, we get Trent Reznor on the tambourine. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we get Trent Reznor on stage holding a tambourine, but not facing the audience. <laughs> Trent Reznor was like amazing. one of my all-time idols as well. Just to see him relegated to the side of a stage, not facing, would just be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> there's a video the, the reason the reason we both thought of this is because there's a video of nine inch nails and gary newman doing cars oh um and, and for the whole thing gary newman is just a frontman and trent reznor is just playing tambourine and it's quite funny because it's like one of the most in my opinion like one of the geniuses of the the late 20th early 21st century in music and he's just playing tambourine <laughs> I have to watch that video because <laughs> you'd think as well like Gary Newman you know kind of like proto-industrial music and all that kind of stuff and like Nine Inch Nails yeah. like the you know the huge industrial band you think oh these two are going to make fucking magic on stage and it's just like <laughs> That's oh, yeah, well, I wouldn't have even expected a tambourine to be present yeah <laughs> somehow hooked up to like um, a big industrial synthesizer <laughs> I don't know who we'd actually collaborate though like whenever we're like like doing gigs and we like look like we're thinking like who who should who will we ask to open for us <laughs> we always just like text Metallica <laughs> <laughs> alright Lars you, you busy at the moment <laughs> Did <laughs> you, you guys mind opening for us in Fibbers on Friday? I'd love to know Just when was the last happen. time the Metallica opened for anybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, there's loads of great Dublin bands around that, like Petricor. Be cool. Oh, I was thinking Petricor. Yeah, yeah. they they have a yeah. single coming out actually, um, very soon. Um, oh yeah, they they opened for us in the Grand Social, and they were 
they're really uh good but they're also just really sound their their guitarist changed my guitar string on stage when when it broke uh, oh, which was which is very nice because i had a spare guitar and it was just like seamless it, there were, it, it would have been a huge disaster if um if that hadn't happened so shout out to petricor and that guy who's like my favorite person uh chloe do you have anyone that you'd like to collab with uh, i don't know yeah um to be honest just like we've done a few things with just our friends and that's always um just kind of a fun it, it's nice when you have kind of a connection with somebody personally um i think that's the way music should be done it's just like to like be friends and be like a bit relaxed about like where people are at like i've had kind of experiences playing with people where they're like it has to be perfect and it just kind of spoils <laughs> the fun <laughs> um so yeah, like at our gig in the Grand Social, we just kind of collabed with uh, a few of our friends. Um, our, our friend Agatha, who Pierce and I are in college with, and oh. plays trombone, funnily enough, um, but has a bit more practice than than Pierce on it. Um, <laughs> chucking Pierce under the she, bus. <laughs> she played a couple. She actually played a bit on um, Moon Song, which I kind of wish we'd um, recorded for the EP because it sounded really oh, cool. Man. But um, yeah, and and our friend Daniel Penrose, who's an amazing bassist, it's, he, it's he really is fun actually he is actually our bassist. If you're in a metal band, you have to have a bassist. So we mm. have him, but we lock him away <laughs> unless it's, it's a leaving. very special occasion. <laughs> we let him out of his cage. <laughs> um, I don't know. And we had Mike that night as well. Me and Thomas's friend Mike. I also used to be in a band with him. And I don't know. There's just so many great musicians in Dublin. Yeah. Kind of one of the reasons I'm I'm sad to not be in Dublin currently is because it's it's just crawling with amazing musicians. Like like you can't walk down the like Dame Street without bumping into a very good musician that you know. It's it's great. I'd like to have Charles Mingus's um, ghost play bass for us. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> I'd like to have him play tambourine. <laughs> With this, it was like, why is there a floating man on stage? <laughs> oh my god, it's George Mingus. <laughs> um, I like asking metal bands these questions because it's it's uh, it's a good one. But uh, what do you, what album do you think has the best tone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stumped. Oh, I've never never thought of that question before. I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna pick an album that I like the bass tone on Saint be, Anger. because that makes it, <laughs> no, no. Um, probably uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say October Rust oh. because we're coming into autumn now and I'm, I've been enjoying music a lot more because I, I think I think the kind of music that I really like just sounds better in autumn so I'm gonna, I've been into that kind of melancholy Thomas, you've been kind of literally listing music. all my favorite bands and my albums as it's been this whole episode's <laughs> been going on. I'm a huge typo negative fan. Um, I don't think they get enough enough of a look in. Um, and October, no, they're great. October yeah. Rust is a fucking beautiful album. It's absolutely fantastic, and I will be listening to it nonstop over October as well. <laughs> Have you ever seen? There's a there's a great cover band in Dublin called I think they're called October Rust. They do typo uh, stuff. Yeah. I've never caught them. But I've been told by many I, people that they're I, really I good. hope they're still going. They are, I, I really would like to. Soon. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've been okay. told they're very, very, very good. 
because it'd be quite hard to replicate Peter Steele's vocal delivery. Yeah, it's a very unique. Sound. It's, it's it's impossibly low. Yeah. His his <laughs> voice, like he was a giant. He was actually like six eight or something. He's the right? only person six who made a bass guitar look like a child's toy when he played it. Like yeah. <laughs> Just a giant, like <laughs> the Green Man, wasn't it? That was the kind of the nickname he was given. Yeah, yeah, we have it. We have our own Green Man. It's not related, but we oh, we yeah. have we, we, a Green yeah. Man came on stage and killed us at our final Wait, gig. <laughs> you kind of just had to you had to be there. <laughs> the Green Man owns a little u- ukulele bass. It's it's called a, it's a U bass. I think it's a tiny ukulele sized bass with enormous. Fat rubber strings, like the kind of bars type of thing, is it or? Yeah, Um, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It kind of. (laughs) It'll it can plug in though. You can make it electric. What? Yeah. You can play it acoustically or electrically. It's really cool. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's it's almost as strange as the UV. Pierce and Chloe, do you have do you have uh, an album that you think is the best tone? No, probably Cold Steaming by Mertzbau. <laughs> Mertzbau as um, in the noise artist. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Tone is kind of. It's, it's very much. You kind of have to be a, like, a guitar kind of person to be able to pick up on mm. that. To Which I'm very... not, by the way. Um, I'm I'm a very bad. In that respect, I, I get I get shouted at by sound guys sometimes. <laughs> I used to not even have a, a distortion pedal, which apparently is something that you're supposed to have. You don't have a distortion pedal um, for heavy metal? I, I used to go on stage without any pedals. Really? Uh, I didn't know you were supposed to have pedals. <laughs> no, that's great. That's I like that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I'm a... No, um... Oh, sorry. Was no, you're good. Oh, I was just gonna. I have a, I have a funny story about um, Paul Steeman by Mertzbau, um, which is that on on um, during during COVID lockdown, I was in Mayo with my parents, and um, it was it was the date um, the the twentieth of August, twenty twenty, um, which made it. Uh, 420 420 at 20 past 4 um 420 420 2020 um but i had i had no um weed with me so i couldn't Part i day. couldn't i couldn't smoke anything however the day before 420 is uh no the day after 420 is is bicycle day which is the day that albert hoffman um tried acid for the first time and rode his bike home while coming up i've um, never heard that before that's amazing I've, I've never done acid before so, but i can't imagine that would be a fun bicycle journey <laughs> no i don't think it was um but it did it did intrigue him but anyway i had no weed but i did have acid so um at one minute to midnight while it was still 420 i took a tab of acid and then Oh no, well it was still bicycle day and then I was peaking at, at 20 past four in the morning. Um, but I was just in this house in the countryside with my parents upstairs in bed and I was like 17. No, I was 18. Um, so I ended up, I think like dragging my, I put like towels down on the ground outside and brought my like duvet outside 
and lay there looking at the stars, listening to um, Black Midi's um, <laughs> Schlagenheim. And I saw John Lennon in the stars. I saw like a staircase running up to John Lennon in the stars. But then after the peak, I was just so tired so exhausted but i couldn't sleep at all because i was like on a yeah, shift yeah. in a basket um but there was like nothing to distract me because there were no people there to just like chat to and i just couldn't get away from like trying to sleep but if i tried to like if i like lay down and close my eyes the like almost falling asleep was the most uncomfortable feeling but i didn't want to just like sit there so i started trying to listen to music but everything just sounded too like sweet it was like sickly and cloying you know when you have like a, a sweet that's really like cloying and it just sticks to your yeah. mouth that's what just like anything with any like tone sounded like so i tried to listen to like uh now Gilliband, and it was just too the like tiny amount of like tone that was in that was just too sweet and cloying and made me feel sick so the only thing I could listen to was uh, Mertzbau. Um and it felt like it felt like having like a little toothpick scratching the inside of my brain, and it was like really uncomfortable. Like my whole brain was being sandpapered down, but it was just it was the it was the best I could do. So I was listened to that for like three hours, and then went for a walk and came home and then slept through the day and told my mom I hadn't been able to sleep because I, I I had like a really bad headache and it felt sick all night so i was just exhausted Good cover <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and through, through some massive loophole that was all completely legal as well what yeah <laughs> um, no illegal? one in has ever done anything illegal um never <laughs> just why i like i remember uh, no, no. Uh, we were at knock and stock and, and a friend of mine was coming up and I was pretty stoned and I was I was like I was like, Come on, come on, come on, we'll go to this band, we'll go to this band, it'll be real chill. It'll be real chill. And he goes, Okay. And we go in and Zora are playing. Do you know the fucking uh, sludge metal bands? And he was just there and he's just like, Power, how are you enjoying this? I was like, This is the best possible music that you could ever be listening to during this. I think he nearly had a panic attack and had to leave. <laughs> Zora are very heavy, by the way, if you don't know who they are. They're a band from they're not from Dublin, they're from Ireland, but they're they're very, very good. Um they have a song called Coke Vulture. Co- Coke Vulture. That's pretty sweet. But um, guys, we're actually coming up to uh, we're coming up to an hour, uh, so oh, I don't want to keep you any l- longer. So um, I think we've all we've answered all the questions we need to answer. Or wait, oh, actually no, one last one is uh, we'll do it very quickly. Uh, most underrated band. I normally say <laughs> you're not allowed to say yourselves, but I didn't get it in in time, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, shit, there is a correct answer to this. I can't remember what it is. Um, <laughs> this, is this is an objectively right answer. Does anyone else take a swing while Pierce is thinking? <laughs> Zora? Z- did, you just, did you just say Zora because I said Zora? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we'll leave that there. <laughs> Chloe, do you have one? Uh, that's a difficult question. Is, yeah. I'm sorry for leaving it to the very, very end. <laughs> um, which I think no one, no one listens to Glenn Branca, which is strange. Yeah, I don't know who they are. Does he like invent? 
Glenn Branca's basically just one guy. He's, he, he like invented basically the sound that Sonic Youth does. Oh, okay. He's like he's basically a composer, but he doesn't like. He didn't write music. He. Uh, he he organized music for like electric guitars and like created like like he'd have like symphonies for one hundred electric guitars and and this is an amazing album called The Ascension, um which is you know based on the title of the John Coltrane album and it's a uh, you kind of just have to listen to it it's it's just instrumental guitar but it sounds completely new even though it it predates. It predates Sonic Youth. It predates like pretty much every noise rock band. Um, he just formalized noise rock before noise rock was even a thing. Uh, and like so much, if you listen to him, just comes directly from Glenn Branca. I think he's pretty underrated. Him and he had a group called Theoretical Girls were amazing. No one ever, no one ever talks about them. David Bowie liked Glenn Branca, and that's basically. The only person I've heard of ever really talking about him. Definitely so. gonna check that out. Um, Chloe, do you have an answer? I still don't. <laughs> we we don't have to answer. <laughs> it feels it feels like an important question to get right. You're overthinking it, I think. To be honest, I think I am overthinking it. Yeah. Um. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. Because we'll, we'll, we are, we're at an hour, so I, I, you've been very, very kind to give me your time for that long. So, uh, if you have anything you'd like to plug before we head off. Uh, now's the time. <laughs> Obviously, um, this is the EP. When we come back, we'll do an album about frogs. Yeah, we are doing. We we are, we're gonna make an album. We have a we have like half a double album. Oh. So we have an album <laughs> written. Um, pretty much. Oh, my brother, kind of. My brother's band. I think are doing their first gig in Fivers in I think the sixteenth of October or something. Nice. I I'd like I'd like people to come. Do you know to what that, the name of the band I, is? My brother's. A, they're called Invertibabes. Invertibabes. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I'll, I'll make to, I'll, I'll include that in the description for the episode. You can, I'll include it in the Inventbrite, whatever, whatever link it I is. Think, yeah. uh, I think, I think, yeah, I'll find it, yeah. Other than that, just go listen to our EP. Mm. Yeah. As I said already, it is over very, and it's, over. On, it's on Spotify. You can buy it on Bandcamp, can't you? You can, yeah. I, I put the price at a fiver, but you, you can also just listen to it for free on Bandcamp. Ah, I feel like yeah, I like it. Pay for it. You can also pay fifty euro if you want. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you want, it's so like people people pay way too much on Bandcamp. We we got somebody paid like twenty seven <clears throat> quid for some shitty live <laughs> thing that we did. It's like Bandcamp is great, um, and thank you for that person for that as well. We are very grateful. I, I I didn't know how to like find out who did that and thank them, but. Um, I was very grateful. Well, I, th- I guess we'll leave it there. Yeah. But uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on and giving your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Hope you've enjoyed thank yourself. You. Thank you yeah, for having us. I'm sure we'll see you later. Yeah. yeah. See you. Thank us. you. So that is our episode for this week. I just want to make a quick thank you again to Devastar Padre, Pierce, Chloe, and Thomas for coming on the podcast. It was really, really great having them. I actually had a really good time chatting with them, as you can probably tell from listening to that episode. And do check out the EP, Love Songs to the Moon. Um, it's very creative. It's a really, really, really solid, really good EP. I'd highly recommend it. Like even just the last minute of the moon song, uh, if you want to just sample that just to see where you're going with it, it's such a fantastic EP. Um, so fair play to them for making it and fair play to them for coming on. It was great chatting. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, if you liked that episode and want to hear more, just like it, please give the podcast a follow. Um, I know I say it every week, but honestly, it does really, really help me out. And uh, if you want to leave a review, that would be fantastic as well, as long as it's possible. But uh, other than that, um, I will be back next week with the 50th episode for the podcast. Uh, happy guest recorded already, so that should be pretty cool. But um, yeah, have a lovely week. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.